Fuzzy Wuzzy. Well, good morning. Uh, we thought we'd have doing something a little different, you know, this week. You know, a lot of times people are gone during the fall break, and uh, so, and I always look for any excuse to just kind of unplug and just enjoy just just singing together and that kind of thing. You know, as I, I was a kid, I grew up with a, a musical family, and so we would sit around in, in the living room. I, I remember. Uh, some of those early days when my dad was trying to train me on the guitar and he would, he would let me tune the guitars before I could play them. And uh, so anyway, I don't know where I was, why I was telling you that. But uh, anyway, just it makes me think about that. So today, I want you just to sit there and sing along with us. I'm not going to ask you to stand unless you just want to. I mean, you can stand if you'd like. But let's just kind of imagine we're sitting around in the living room and just having one of those worship times with the family. Maybe, uh, maybe a little strange for you folks on the internet, but then again, maybe not. You're probably sitting there <laughs> watching us uh, on the internet. So here we go. Let's, let's sing together. This is a song called Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. You know it. Here we go. <clears throat> One, two, three, four. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the soul that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Nothing but the blood 
you're here to worship with us. It's exciting to be in God's house to give him praise and worship and our attention and our affection. And so we are pleased that you're here. If you're a guest, if you don't mind taking one of the guest cards in front of you in the pew rack there, and you can fill that out. At the end of the service, you can take it to our welcome center just to the left of the ramp there. There's a little box you can drop it in. You can meet one of our staff. we got a gift for you if you're a new uh, first time uh, guest with us. So uh, thanks for being here. Uh, we're excited this morning to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. And we just uh, sung about the blood of Jesus and his body broken for us. Uh, so we get to remember that. We get to reflect on that. Uh, we get to examine our hearts and and uh, and, and try to align those with, with the heart of Jesus. And so uh, that's what we're going to be doing this morning. We're looking forward to worshiping in their song and through his word and through giving. And so we're, we're going to uh, get into that. So let's pray and uh, prepare our hearts for all of these things that God has for us. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for um, your word and, and what truth it speaks to us. We thank you for who you are and your love and that expressed uh, through Jesus Christ on the cross. He was willing to sacrifice his, his body and shed his blood uh, for us that we could have eternity with you, God. So uh, as we reflect on these things this morning, as we uh, bring uh, hearts full of praise to you, uh, just let that stir in us a desire to just give you more glory and, and, and worship you as we go about our days, God. Help us to just be present in the moment as you are present here with us. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. You ready? A one, two, three, four. As we travel down this unfamiliar road And although this way is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause God will make your heart His home Make you 
sing it with us. change my capo. One, two, ready again, and uh, there we go. Much better. It all revolves around your throne. Who can know the glory So high above, yet slain for us, you alone worthy. And the praise is yours, and the praise is yours, you're the one we bow before, reigning over us. As we lift you up, you're the 
every moment Forever crowned It's all denied You alone are holy And the praise is yours And the praise is yours You're the one we bow before Sing it with me. Glory and praise, power and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Come on. Glory and praise, power and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. This song came out back in 2017 from VBS, from Vacation Bible School. And, man, we loved it so much. We thought, that is just a great song. That is just, we need to use that song. And so we kind of, we kind of rearranged it and made it our own. Uh, it's a, called, a song called How Far Love Goes. And uh, let's, you can sing along with us. Y'all be sure to sing with us. You gave up a throne for a manger 
traded a crown for a cross, laid down your life for a stranger, and for all who are broken and lost. You came down from the heavens so we would know how deep, how high, how long, and how wide, and how far love goes. Sing it. Here we go. You went to the darkest of places, walked down the loneliest roads. You looked into lost, empty faces and told us we're never alone. Here we go. You came down from the heavens so we would know. How far love goes The ends of the earth You have been, you have searched For the one so far from home Jesus, you paid the price What a great sacrifice You have made to call us your own Sing it again Do the ends of the earth you have been, you have searched for the one so far from home. Jesus, you paid the price. What a great sacrifice you have made to call us your own. You came down from the heaven so we would know. So we would know how deep, how high, how long, and how wide, and how far love goes. How deep, how high, how long, and how wide, and how Lord, we do come before you this morning just thanking you for all that you've done. Oh, your love is bigger and greater and deeper and longer than anything that we can imagine. And we thank you for your love. We thank you for how you've given us all that you can give as a free gift. And all you've said is, here, take this gift. We pray today as we remember your sacrifice through the Lord's Supper, as we partake in it, that we remember that we are, we are with you, one with you, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray right now as you be with Dr. Cox, open our hearts to hear from you today.
May this be a new day in our spiritual walk, a new day where we grow closer and deeper with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. Today we're sharing in a special act of Christian worship. It's called by at least three different names by Christians. If, uh, for Baptists and some other denominations, the most common uh, title for what we're about to share in is called the Lord's Supper. That comes from 1 Corinthians 11. That's where it's called the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11. If you grew up Catholic, you probably called this event the Eucharist. That's a Latin word. It means to give thanks, and it came from the Mark's Gospel where it says before Jesus shared this, he broke the bread and gave thanks, Eucharist. And so that's a, a name for what we're about to uh, be involved in. Among some other Christian denominations, the third name would be communion. And you may uh, refer to this as communion. And that comes from the passage that we're going to look at today in 1 Corinthians 10. I want us to focus on this word today and what this demonstrates about the Lord's Supper. It's the Greek word koinonia. And it's most often translated in the Bible as fellowship. Uh, you might know 1 John 1, 9 by memory. It says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have koinonia fellowship, communion with one another. You hear what the meaning is? It's translated in this passage that we're going to look at today where it talks about it as communion by the King James Version. That's where this word comes from. The NIV and some other translations translate it participation. Christian Standard Bible translates it sharing. So that's the word that we're talking about. Koinonia means fellowship, partnership, participation, sharing, or communion. And I want to share with you what the Lord's Supper teaches us, expresses to us about our communion from this passage. First of all, the Lord's Supper expresses our fellowship or our communion with Christ. It expresses our partnership, our sharing with Christ. Let me show you in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation? There's the word koinonia, a fellowship, a sharing, or a communion. Isn't it a communion in the blood of Christ? So when we drink this little bit of grape juice in a few moments, it's reminding us we're expressing we've got a fellowship with Christ and his blood. We share in that. We're partners in that. There's a fellowship in that. And then he says the same thing. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? And so we eat this little piece of bread. It reminds us there's a, there's a communion. There's a fellowship. There's a sharing with Jesus. We're on Jesus' team. And we share with him. And that ought to be a great encouragement to you. You may feel alone sometimes. You have a communion with Jesus. You got a fellowship with Jesus. You got a participation. He's in your life. Now, it doesn't mean that this is what establishes that fellowship or that communion. In other words, in other words taking this is not going to create fellowship with Jesus. 
What creates fellowship with Jesus is repentance of sin and faith in him, but this reminds us of that. Let me go back earlier in this chapter and show you, read some verses before this, still in chapter 10, of what uh, Paul said about that. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that is accompanied them and that rock was Christ nevertheless God was not pleased with most of them their bodies were scattered in the wilderness so what Paul is doing there he's taking the two ordinances that we celebrate baptism that's what you do when you start the Christian life Lord's Supper that's what you do when you're near the Christian life and he's comparing it to the Old Testament and he's saying in a sense all of the Israelites were baptized they all went through the Red Sea they all went through the cloud so they were all he's comparing that to baptism they were all baptized but God was not pleased with many of them. So he's saying, don't count that your baptism alone is going to save you. Being baptized just gets you wet if there's not a repentance and faith behind it. They were all, quote, baptized, but many of them he was not pleased with them. You get it? Then he moves on to make a comparison to the Lord's Supper to the water that they drank from the rock and the manna that came down from heaven and he says they all ate the spiritual food and they all drank the spiritual drink but God was not pleased with some of them so this Lord's Supper doesn't create fellowship with God this isn't what makes fellowship you you're not going to heaven because you take the Lord's Supper or because you've been baptized but if there has been a heart connection to Jesus this is a powerful reminder that you're not alone whatever you're going through Jesus is there with you there's a participation in his body and his blood you get that it's like the story of an elephant and a mouse who crossed a bridge and then when they got across the bridge the mouse looks up at the elephant and says we sure shook that bridge didn't we he didn't have much part in that but there was a, a partnership there that's the way it is with you and Jesus or it's like the, the basketball player that I saw an interview one time after an NBA game and he said Michael Jordan and I scored 52 points tonight he scored 50 I scored two I'm saying that you have a partnership, a fellowship, a connection with someone who is far more powerful than you. And that's what this verse is saying. He is saying the cup of thanksgiving is a participation, a sharing of communion, of fellowship in the body and blood of Jesus. That'll help you in your life. It does me. There's a second thing it teaches us about fellowship in the next verse. And that is that the Lord's Supper expresses our fellowship with other Christians. Look at it in verse 17. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. So the Lord's Supper expresses not only our participation with Jesus, right? But it expresses our participation with one another. We're all from the same loaf. And early Christians would have literally passed around a loaf of bread and would have broken off a part and eaten it. And it would have been a powerful, remember, we're all of the same body. There's a connection. You people would, in this COVID era would freak out if we did that, right? But, but it is a, such a powerful thing. We're all of one loaf. Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever, do you ever take the Lord's Supper by yourself at home, sitting around? Do you ever say, eh, I got some bread here. I think I'll rummage around, find some grape juice, and I think I'll just have the Lord's Supper. 
You probably don't, and really, I would advise that you don't because that's not what it's intended to be. It's not just me and Jesus, just I'm going to celebrate. It is me and Jesus and all of us. And so this verse is saying, he's saying to us that there is a participation with one another. And again, this ought to encourage you as we take the Lord's Supper in a few moments because you see what the devil tries to do is isolate you. That's one of his tactics. He wants to make you think that there's no other teenager in your high school who's trying to live for Jesus. He wants to make you think that you're the only college student who's not sleeping around and getting drunk. He wants to make you think that you're the only person in your line of work who doesn't lie and cheat, and therefore you might as well give in too. He wants to isolate you, and what you need to see in the Lord's Supper, you're a part of a huge loaf of one body, and there are people on every continent, except maybe our aunt, uh, Antarctica today, who are taking the Lord's Supper the same time we are. There are people in, from every age of history who have named the name of Jesus and have been a part of this loaf. There are people in every profession, in every age group, in every walk of life. You, we are part of a group, and there's a solidarity, a communion, a connection there. And that ought to encourage you when Satan makes you think that you're all alone. And this communion... This participation, it overcomes our differences. We're celebrating that we're one in Christ in spite of hurts and differences and divisions. I'll tell you a story. A pastor, Woody Garvin, told of when he was uh, pastoring a little church on the Hoopo Indian Reservation in Northern California. And he said there were two families in his church. Each had a child, a single parent. A woman named Marie Brown, and she had a son named Jimmy. And Jimmy had a learning disability. And, uh, but Jimmy, when he got out of school, got a job at the post office as the uh, nighttime custodian there. There was another family in his church, a single parent, George Boyd. And he had a son, Robbie. And one night, Robbie and some of his friends had a little bit to drink, went to the post office to make fun of, of uh, Jimmy, harass him. One thing led to another, and they killed him. He died that night. And so George Boyd left the church, and Marie Brown both left the church. Jimmy, her son, was dead. Robbie, his son, was in prison. But eventually, Marie came back to church. And then one Sunday, what he says as he looked out over the congregation, George came back. And there was only one seat left in that little church, and it was next to Marie. And he hesitated, and then he sat down. And he said, we were taking the Lord's Supper that Sunday. And our custom was, when we passed it to one another, to say, the peace of Christ be with you. And then that person would say, and to you. And then they'd turn to the next and repeat that. And the tray came to George Boyd and he looked over at Marie. And he said, the peace of Christ be with you. And she said, and with you. And I'm saying to you that the Lord's Supper creates a fellowship. 
It transcends age and time and job, and it transcends our differences and our failures. We're all of the same love. There's a third thing that it teaches us about fellowship, another set of verses where this word is used in this passage, and that is that the Lord's Supper reminds us that we cannot share fellowship with idols and demons. The first two have been positive statements, right? It shows our fellowship with Christ, and it shows our fellowship with other Christians. Now, in short, it has a negative meaning about fellowship. It says that we cannot share fellowship with idols and demons. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me share with you the background so you'll understand that statement. The context of this passage that I read to you in 1 Corinthians 8 through 10 is about the question the Corinthians asked, is it okay for us to eat meat that has been previously sacrificed to an idol? Three whole chapters on a question that doesn't even come up for us. It's of no meaning to us, but there's still application here. You see, at Corinth, I've been to Corinth, and there still are ruins of temples just everywhere there. There were a lot of pagan temples. Christians, a minority, they had a sacrificial system in those temples. The meat was offered, and then it was sold in the marketplace. The main supply of meat probably was that way. So Christians, when they came to Christ in Corinth, as that minority had to decide, what do we do now? Do we still eat this meat that has been previously offered to idols? And I'll summarize what it says. You can read the whole context. Paul says, first of all, meat is meat. And he said it does not become wrong by association. There's a powerful principle for us there. And so he says, if you, meat is sold in the marketplace, you don't have to worry about its origin. Meat is a good gift of God. Just buy it, be thankful for it, and eat it. He said when you go to somebody's home and they serve meat, even if they're not a Christian, you don't have to worry about that. Meat is meat. If they set it before you, eat it. But then he comes to say in our passage, the other side, but he says, but you can't go into pagan temples and eat because that's more than just eating meat. That is a worship of a false god, an idol, he says. So he says, just don't get bent out of shape. Just, just eat this. It's fine. But when it has the direct connection to idolatry, you can't support that. You get it? Okay, now with that background, let me read you these verses, and they'll make more sense beginning now at verse 18. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? So he's comparing it to the Old Testament sacrifice where you fellowship offering, you offered it, and then you got to eat it. And he's saying there's a connection to God there, right? He's explaining this. Verse 19, do I mean then that food sacrificed to, to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No. He said idols aren't real. They're not real gods. But, verse 20, no, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be, here's our word, participants with demons. I don't want you to have koinonia or fellowship with demons. I don't want you to share. I don't want you to have communion with demons demons verse 21 you cannot so he's saying idols are nothing but there are is spiritual evil and behind that false worship there are real spiritual powers and i don't want you giving credence to them i don't want you connecting with them in any way verse 21 you cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of demons but you cannot have a part in both the lord's table and the table of demons he said you got to decide which table you're going to eat at 
Are you going to eat at the Lord's table? Or are you going to eat at the table of demons? And when you have fellowship with Christ and fellowship with his body, then you cannot participate in worship events that point you away from Christ and participate in demons. Now, how do we apply that to us? Well, I think it applies to several things that are gray areas for Christians. You see, I believe there's some things that are black and white, and then there's some things like this that was a gray area. Should we eat this meat offered to idols? He said, well, don't just eat it if it's there, but if it's in a temple, don't eat it. It's, it was a gray area for them. And so uh, let me try to apply this principle to you, uh, to some areas of gray areas that maybe you've struggled with. First of all, let me talk about Halloween. Boy, Halloween has become a big holiday in our culture, hadn't it? Didn't used to be near as big. Boy, everybody decorates and does all this stuff now. And I've had Christians say, you know, what, what can we participate in there? And I would say to you that it's, it, there's not guilt by association. It's not wrong because of where it came from. It's a fun night for kids. And if you want to put up a, a, a black spider or a big inflatable black cat in your yard, you know, whatever, go to it. it, it we're, we don't, it's like this, hey, meat is meat, cats are cats, you know, kind of thing there. Spiders are spiders. But where it would cross the line, if it glorifies demons, if we're in any way dabbling in evil powers, then we've sort of crossed the line for Christians because you can't eat the Lord's table on the table of demons. Does that make sense? So, so you, have to, you have to judge that. We, uh, we, we don't judge everything by association. Everything is good that God has given us as a good gift. But when it comes to an actual participation in the occult, uh, if we're going to glorify in our costume any of the de demonic then Christians sort of need to think about that a little bit. Let me give you a, a, a second example, something I know just about nothing about. I've had Christians ask me, is it okay to participate in yoga? And again, I don't know much about yoga. You could probably figure that. But I would say, and yoga, of course, came from Eastern religions, right? I would say, you know, stretching is stretching. It's a good gift of God. And, you know, whatever you do, it, it, at exercise is good. But if your yoga ever involves a chant or a, uh, a, a ritual that uh, uh, in any way invokes any other seems to invoke a God or be connected to Hinduism or transcendental meditation, or if your position seems to be one of worship, uh, then I would say you need to be careful about that because it's, it's, it's nothing in itself until it is, Paul has said here, directly connected to idols because there's demonic behind idols. You see the difference there? And, and let me share with you one more example as I'm just trying to help us to think about gray areas in our life. You know, uh, I was against gambling when it was on the ballot to have a lottery in Tennessee. I oppose that. I think gambling's a bad thing. It's not the way God intended for us to get money. I think it preys on primarily poor people. I think it's a bad thing. And so I had people then after it passed into the Tennessee Lottery Scholarship and Hope Scholarship came and Christians came and, and said, Pastor, is it wrong for me then to take this money that came from from the Hope Scholarship, gambling. That's sort of a gray area, right? And I said to them, and, and I, I would still say today, hey, 
Good gifts come from God. You can't be against everything that has an association with evil or you're not going to buy anything. You're not going to invest in anything. You won't eat anything. You'll be boycotting the whole world. You take the good gifts. The government wants to give you money. Take it. Now, you may come to a different opinion on that gray area as Paul gave room about meat eaten to idols. But I would say to you that, that I'm not going to be involved in anything that promotes that gambling. You see, that, you see the principles there? A legalist sees everything as black and white, and some things are gray. But now let me say to you that a relativist sees everything as gray, and some things are black and white. And there are some things that you can't do. And as we come to take this Lord's Supper today, it's a time to look at your life. Are you trying to eat at two tables? You can't share communion, fellowship, participation with Christ and communion, fellowship, participation with the devil. There's some things that are black and white. And Paul is calling them, there has, you've got to choose whose team you're going to be on. And if you're on Jesus' team, you can't be on another team. And so it's a time to look at your loyalty because this very act participates, shares, is communion with Christ himself and with the worldwide body of Christ. So would you look at your life and say today and reaffirm your connection to Christ? You may be going through a time where you feel alone. You're about to share in the body and the blood of Jesus. You may feel isolated. You're about to share that we are a part of one loaf, a worldwide movement of the people of God. You're not alone. But it is also a time for you to delineate. Are there things in my life that are where I'm trying to play both sides of the fence? I think I've told you the story once before of the governor of Kentucky who went to a Kentucky versus Louisville basketball game. Two basketball powerhouses in Louisville. He wanted votes from both sides. He had a sport coat made with blue mist on one half, Kentucky blue and Whatever Louisville calls that red, what do y'all call that red? That, uh, is that uh, scarlet? I don't know what that color of Louisville red is on the other half. And he tried to sit on one half of the gym for one time, the other half on the other side. You know what happened? Everybody booed him. The whole place booed him. Because you can't, you can't be both. You can't eat at two tables. You can't be on two teams. Today's the day to decide as we take this Lord's Supper, pardon me as I walk back to get mine because I didn't bring it up with me, uh, whose team are you going to be on? So when you came in, you should have received a little sandwich bag, and that has the elements of the Lord's Supper. Maybe you didn't understand what we were doing, so we want to give you an opportunity. Anybody didn't receive that, you're a baptized believer in Christ. If you're a guest with us and you uh, are here and you say, I don't know, didn't know what y'all were going to do. We're going to do the Lord's Supper. If you want to share in it, then a, a deacon will uh, bring you one if you'll raise your hand. Anybody uh, need anything? We got some up here. Okay, we good? Everybody's good? All right, let me just give you a brief instruction before we do this. We've been doing this a few times uh, during this year of COVID. We're doing it one more time this way. Uh, I know it's not ideal, but we make the best of situations. So um, in a moment, we're going to eat the bread together. Now, there is a wafer on top of the cup, but many of us uh, have, I think we're good. I don't think anybody else raised their hand. Thank you, guys. Um, 
There's a wafer on top of the cup. Some of us have found it's hard to get off without pulling the whole thing off, and some of us have found it tastes terrible. You can use it, but there is also a little piece of bread in there, loose, that tastes a little better and is a little easier to get to. You can use whichever you prefer. So we're going to eat it together. So right now, I'm going to pray in just a moment. Then I'm going to ask you to get the piece of bread out, then the little cup. I'll give you time to open the cup and help your children. So you take your time and you'll peel the whole thing off and share that. Okay? We good? Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that we participate with you, that we share fellowship with you, that you're here, that we're on your team, that you're with us. If anybody's feeling alone, may they feel your presence. Lord, thank you that we are bound together despite differences slights, hurts, and disagreements to one another. Thank you that we are a part of a body of a loaf, and we express our loyalty and commitment to First Baptist Manchester, to the worldwide church, the body of Christ today. And oh Lord, we need to separate from some tables that might be, have demons behind them. We know idols are nothing, but demons are real. And so Lord, if there is any sin in our lives, any participation in evil, if we've been trying to be on two teams, God help us to declare our loyalty. May this be a time of repentance, of turning from sin, of renewing our loyalty to the fellowship of Jesus Christ. I pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior Jesus. Amen. I want to invite you to open your little bag and, and get that out, hold it for a moment, and I'll tell you when to eat it together. So we're taking out the little piece of bread. Everybody ready? Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now we're going to take out the cup and carefully open it. There's, there are trash cans underneath the, the deposit boxes, the offering boxes in the back, so you can put your trash back in your little baggie, and then if you would, carry it and drop it in one of those offering boxes. So just hold it for a moment till we give everybody time. I wait till I hear, can't hear that sound, you know, anymore. Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're going to sing a song together in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to stand in just a moment for this song. And uh, I pray this will be a time of further worship in regard to the Lord's Supper.
I pray this will be a time where you just uh, renew any faith that has been faltering, a time when you draw near to God. This is also a time of public invitation, so if you want to declare whose team you're on for the first time, you want to say, I want to be a Christian, I want to be baptized. Baptism is that first ordinance to establish that covenant to show that I've become a Christian. The Lord's Supper renews that throughout your life. So today, while we sing in a moment, you can walk forward and meet me here, and I'll share the decision council will help you. You can pray to receive Christ. If you've already done that, we'll just rejoice with you and share with our church your plan to be baptized. You want to come and join our church and be apart from another church or declare you've already been baptized, we invite you to come in this time. So this is also a time of, of public invitation. Let's stand together, sing together. O Lamb of God, I come with praise for all you've done, and my only plea, blood was shed for me. So I stand redeemed before the throne of God. O Lamb of God, I come with praise for all you've done. Let the mercy seat cover all of me as I bear my need before the eyes of God. O Lamb of God, I come, I come with praise for all you've done oh jesus we are coming to you right now and throughout this building there are people in their hearts who are drawing near to you some of us have sins in our lives and we're coming to lay those down and declare we are on your team lord some of us have hurts some of us have fears we're bringing those to you right now you said Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Oh, Lamb of God, we come to you. Oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come with praise for all you've done let the life i bring and the song i sing be an offering to bless the heart of god Oh, Lamb.
God, I come, I come. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. Amen. You can be seated. As we close here this morning, just want to direct your attention to a few announcements here in the worship guide. There are several important things in here. Uh, you can see our, our member meeting coming up next Sunday. We've got Upward Basketball. It's just around the corner. The evaluation nights will be on the 18th and the 19th. Maybe you guys know of a friend of one of your children, grandkids, a neighborhood kid that you would like to invite to be part of Upward this year. It's a great program, great outreach, great way to uh, connect with other families here in the community. So invite people to be a part of Upward, and, and whether it's basketball or cheerleading, uh, maybe you want to begin praying and thinking about how you can serve in that program. Maybe you want to be a coach. Maybe you want to be a game day coordinator. Uh, how's God going to call you to serve in, in this capacity for this short term? Uh, this is a short term commitment, not like teaching all year long or something. This is just for a couple of months. And so Upward Basketball will be uh, beginning. We've got evaluations next week. We can see trunk retreats coming up at the end of the month, and so our donation bins are placed around the church there by the Welcome Center back here, um, by the deposit box back there in the hallway. And so we need bags of individually wrapped candies, and so if you've got those, you can drop those bags in there, and that'll be a great way to help us uh, reach the community through our trunk retreat uh, outreach as well. So there's other things coming up. Parents Night Out uh, a few weeks away. Don't miss these events. These are deadlines, uh, details. All the things that you need to know about these are here in your worship guide. You can check those out um, as you uh, have time. As you're exiting today, we just want to remind you it's our practice on the days that we take the Lord's Supper uh, to give a benevolent offering um, on top of your tithes and offerings. And so now that what we're with our, our drop boxes, the way we're doing it now, any loose cash or change today that will be in the drop boxes will just go toward our benevolent offering. And so if you want to designate it towards something else or for it to be specifically used for your tithe or whatever, make sure that's in an envelope. All other loose cash and change in the drop box will go toward our uh, benevolent offering today to help, help folks here uh, just within our family, our, our body, uh, whether they you know come up with hard times or just something going on in their life and they need a little help, that's what that benevolent offering is for. If you're first-time guest and you've got your guest card, remember to take that with you as you're exiting here. Head down to your left as you're walking out and you'll see our, our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, is there at that welcome desk and, and he's got a small gift for all first-time guests. Let me close this out in prayer and we'll be dismissed this morning. Father God, we thank you for the fellowship that we have with, with one another uh, through uh, your bloodshed on the cross. And so we just, uh, Father God, thank you for the gift of your son Jesus that gives us life, uh, that brings us together, uh, that gives us community, fellowship, and allows us uh, to partake in, in uh, his blood and his body through communion. Uh, God, we thank you for your love and your goodness in our lives. Help us to live this week to reflect that to the people around us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. One, two, three. Sudden down, it'll all be clean. Don't pay no mind to the demons that fill you with fear. Trouble, they might drag you down. 
If you get lost, you can always be found. Just know you're not alone.